Hey there, Ecclesia. This is Pastor Mike welcoming you, or hopefully welcoming you back. And I thank you for listening to a podcast series that we're calling Quarantine Made Sacred. We find ourselves navigating our way through a profound disruption, affecting seemingly every facet of our shared experience. This microscopic pathogen continues to expose so many of our carefully built structures as the idols they are. And we're reminded just how little control we have in this life. But we do not panic. We do not despair. Each of us has been called to this moment. We are nowhere but now, meant to continue drawing closer to God and to our fellow humanity, not further away. So we are physically distanced, but we remain bound together in the Holy Spirit, continuing to hold to our common purpose and hope And so we pray that this brief time would be an encouragement and a blessing to you wherever you are. Whatever you're feeling in this time, it's okay. You're not alone. We are in this together. Our team is doing our very best to honor God and serve you as this situation unfolds. We hope that you're already connecting with us on the weekends at ecclesiahouston.org slash online or via one of our many staff-hosted Facebook watch parties on Sundays. We also hope you're aware of the opportunities hosted at ecclesiahouston.org slash online care. You can schedule a block of time to discuss with one of our pastors whatever you may be experiencing in this season. You can join our midweek Vespers, a simple service of worship and guided prayer on Wednesday evenings, as well as other gatherings meant to cultivate connection in these weeks. We also hope you'll plan ahead to join us for evening services that will be offered next week for both Maundy Thursday and Good Friday, April 9th and 10th, as we walk through Holy Week together and prepare to celebrate Easter in a way that will certainly feel new for all of us. And so today, we continue to consider our relationship to time and what this peculiar and perilous chapter in our lives might help to tell us about the greater story we inhabit. Please join me in prayer. Lord God, You call the weary to come to you, that they would find rest. And we pray that that would be so for all those listening. Breathe your presence upon these moments we share with one another. Your beloved daughter, your beloved son, needs you. May they know that you are with them in this very moment, that you never left. Grant them clarity and direction as you call them into their part of embodying your sacrificial love. Today, and in the days that lie ahead. Be for them and for all of us a safe harbor in this storm. We thank you, we glorify you. Show us the way. We ask all of this as a family in your name, almighty and ever-loving creator God, Jesus, our savior, our shepherd in whom we won't be wanting, and the Holy Spirit who is the source and the substance of our every breath. Amen. God bless you, Ecclesia.
follows all my ways. I yield my flickering torch to thee. My heart restores its borrowed rays. That in your sunshine's blaze it joy that seeks me through the pain I cannot close my heart to thee I trace the rainbow through the rain and feel the promise is not vain that morn shall tearless be It's Pastor Sean. I've got a question for you. Where are you right now? I don't mean physically. Most most of us are in our homes. If you aren't at home, you might be on a walk or a run. Maybe you're in your car or taking a quick and essential drive to the grocery store. There really aren't that many places that you can be right now. But that's not really what I'm talking about anyway. I'm asking, where are you mentally? emotionally, and spiritually. I ask because we have been thoroughly taught by our culture that we can be everywhere at once. Remember when the promise was that technology would make our lives better, cleaner, easier? We would be able to do everything faster and with much more efficiency? Well, a lot of that's happened. I sometimes um, regale my daughters with 
the talk of what life was like in the last century. Paying bills with checks in the mail, writing letters to people, having to actually go to family reunions and high school reunions in order to get a status update or to see people. I tell them about the olden days, about having to remember people's phone numbers. Do you remember those? Next thing you know, I'll be telling them about one rule schoolhouses and hand turning butter or something like that. Technology, without a doubt, has made life faster and in many ways better. But the same technology that has made life better has made it more crowded. The steady stream of notifications, updates, posts, and pics allows us to believe that there is something to be experienced in the daily lives of other people, sometimes people we hardly even know. We sit in meetings with our family, in the car, on the couch, and though we are surrounded by people we love, we are checking in with what other people are doing. Neil Postman was an author, and way back in 1985, he told us about the future, which is our present. He wrote a book called Amusing Ourselves to Death, and he said, Americans no longer talk to each other. They entertain each other. That's not an indictment of you. I may be the worst at this. I was on FaceTime with my mother and brother last week. I looked away for a few seconds to fill around with something that was sitting on my desk. And my brother asked me what I was doing. And my mom shot back, well, knowing Sean, something else. Like, why you got to come at me like that, mom? You know, I tell myself, It's just a quick text, a quick like, just one more thing. But I am hardly ever aware of where I am. I'm hardly ever where I am. And add to all of that the productivity culture that we live in. A few years ago, I did what I always do. I picked a word to orient my year around. My word that year was grind. I was reminding myself to always work, work out, write something, build something. And I did. I don't know about you, but in this season of self-quarantining, of physical distancing, my temptation isn't not to work. It's to work too much. There's always something that needs to be done. Some of us are so concerned with where we are going, that we can never be where we are. The first book of the first testament of the Bible is called Genesis. Churches teach Genesis a lot to children. I suppose it's because of all of Noah's animals and the coat of many colors and things like that. But Genesis is a strange book to teach anyone. Since most of Genesis is story after story of brothers who are trying to kill each other. Cain and Abel, Isaac and Ishmael, Joseph's brothers, and my favorite of those stories, Jacob and Esau. The way Genesis tells the story, when Esau, the older brother, was born, he came out with thick red hair. Nearly at the same time, Jacob came out clutching his brother's heel as if he had been fighting in utero 
and the decision had been made on the final push, but Esau won. Growing up, the brothers were east and west, polar opposites. Esau liked hunting and wildlife, and Jacob liked cooking and home life. Worse still, their parents took sides. Esau, as were most firstborn sons in antiquity, was beloved by his father Isaac, while Jacob was cherished by his mother Rebekah. It's a complex story, but Jacob tricks Esau into giving away his birthright for a bowl of stew and soon after maneuvers his way into getting his blind father Isaac's blessing. Like, what kind of brother does that? As you can imagine, once Esau realizes he's been stupid and his father's been hoodwinked, he's flaming mad and sets out to kill Jacob. But Rebecca is not a foolish woman, and she senses what's coming and sends Jacob to stay with his uncle Laban. And it doesn't take long for Jacob to fall in love with his cousin. So Jacob strikes a deal with his uncle. Now, this is the ancient world, remember. Jacob wants to marry his cousin Rachel, but since he had to flee his home, he doesn't have anything to buy her with. So Laban says, if you work here seven years, then you can get married. It was kind of an ancient layaway program for a wife. So after seven years of grinding away for his uncle, looking forward to the future, Jacob actually doesn't get to marry Rachel. He has to marry Rachel's older sister, Leah. Remember that part about the oldest going first? Laban's like, I know what you did back home, but that's not how things work around here. We go in order. So Jacob goes back to work another seven years before he marries Rachel. Now, this is a complicated, sad, and tragic story in many ways, but there is also a hint of beauty. Jacob and his family, both Leah and Rachel, all of their children thrive. But there comes a time when Jacob has to head back home, a time when he loads up all of his wives, all of his children and livestock and possession and heads back to where he came from, back toward Esau, the brother who wanted to kill him. They're going to be reunited. And it doesn't feel so good. But before getting too close to his brother, Jacob sends a kind of peace offering ahead of him. And Esau gets it. And Esau comes out to meet Jacob and his family. And honestly, it's a pretty scary scene. Jacob sees his brother coming toward him. And Esau is rolling deep. He's got 400 men with him. So Jacob splits up his wives and children and slaves and rides out to meet his brother. When Jacob gets near Esau, he dismounts his horse and bows to his brother seven times. Now, in the ancient world, bowing once was a sign of respect. Bowing seven times 
was an act of submission. But look what Esau does. When he sees Jacob bow seven times, he runs to meet him and embraces him. Then he looks around and he sees the women, the children that are with Jacob and asks the most human of questions. He asks his brother to introduce him to his family. And so Jacob just kind of works his way up the ladder. He introduces the maids and their children, then Leah and her children, and finally Rachel and her children. But they're all still out in the middle of nowhere. They're still a ways away from Esau's home where everyone's headed. And so the older brother asked Jacob to journey alongside him, basically saying, come up front and ride with me and ride with my men. Let's spend time together. Let's recoup all of these lost years. But Jacob says, no. And why does he say no? Jacob says, let my Lord go on ahead of his servant while I move along slowly at the pace of the children. Wow. Think about all the places Jacob pushed against being where he was. He wanted his brother's place. He wanted his desire placed ahead of Laban and Leah's and their customs. He even ends up falling out with Laban later on in the story. And finally here, when he is received with grace by the brother he betrayed, he decides to be where he is, to slow his pace. Look, coronavirus, COVID-19 is terrible. It's a horrific death, and sadly, 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 more people are going to die than we would like. They already have. And there's just something crude about the folks out there talking about what a crisis makes possible or somehow turning it into an opportunity. I don't know anyone that I deeply admire who wants to look back at these months and say, yeah, you know, that coronavirus was awful, but look at how I leveraged it to my benefit. I'm not interested in what a pandemic makes possible, but I am interested in what it reveals about me, about you. And maybe one of the revelations is that we have unwittingly believed that we can be everywhere at once. And the velocity of that belief has put us out of step with what matters most. What if we're moving at a clip that calluses our feet to the earth beneath us? Thich Nhat Hanh said, we have to be in the present time because only the present is real. Only the present can be alive. So Ecclesia, I invite you and I invite me to live fully in this very moment, in every moment. There is no other time to exist, to bless, and to be. Quit chasing and striving for moments we are not promised. Everything God has planned ahead of you, will still be there. Slow your steps, as Jacob did.
to the pace of the children. God is my shepherd I won't be Sure. 